G'day Swellians and welcome to Ain't That Swell, the Children of the Corn Tour from the Indie Hotel Scarborough in Perth. Man, oh man, it's our last drop from the Aussie leg of our tour. Such a good time, so many good people. What a blast we had, but this is our last live show that we'll be dropping and uh, it was just so, so good. Probably one of my favourite shows from this tour with Mark Ocalupo, the Raging Bull, 1999 World Champion, and Kirby Brown, the slab-chasing madman. Both surfers in incredible form, Sharon. A pretty fucking skits night of real talk over there in the West. But, uh, geez, it was good to get over there. Me and Smithy had been trying for years. I think we'd had three different tours cancel. And uh, it almost got cancelled again. Smithy getting rejected entry to the state when the COVID protocols were at full steam. Thankfully, got on the last plane. I think he arrived at the venue straight from the airport, so he was pretty torched. But in typical Smithy form, he just put on the headgear, chucked in the mouth guard, just started creasing cunts left, right and centre the second he got on stage. Just to give you a bit of context, uh, this episode was recorded pre-Margaret River event, so the cut was yet to go down. So there'll be a few things in here that are not super topical. But, oh my God, once this convo starts rolling, you are going to hear stuff that will totally blow your fucking mind. If your ears aren't bleeding by the end of this convo, holy shit. I mean, Kirby really takes us into the impact zone of some of these waves that he's surfing over there. Uh, And that feature in his mind-boggling film, Facing Monsters. Now, Facing Monsters is about to have a big run of Australia and New Zealand encore shows. Uh, I cannot recommend going to check it enough. This is like a five-star Oscar-worthy documentary that is guaranteed to leave you gasping for air. And uh, Kirby's performances in these waves of mortal consequence are matched only by the insanely brilliant cinematography of his longtime filmmaking collaborator and all-time surf film legend, Rick Rafisi. So uh, an incredible job these guys have done. But the screenings, I'm just going to read out a few dates for you here. Kicks off uh, this Friday, July 8th, Home of the Arts, Gold Coast. Same night, uh, Friday the 8th, the, the ANSM in Torquay. And for our international listeners, if you're in Hawaii, the Maui Film Festival has made Facing Monsters an official selection. So huge doff of the cap there for the film. On Thursday, the 21st of July at the University of Queensland in Brisbane. Friday, 22nd of July, the Portuguese Surf Film Festival will be running it over there. Luna in Leaderville will be running Facing Monsters on the 5th of August. And on Sunday, the 14th of August, Luna on the Essex in Fremantle also running the film. So please, please go and check it out. A couple of other little bits of housekeeping. Uh, Yeah, some of our intros. We didn't have our intros logged up for this night. So the usual big walk-on was kind of a a little bit downplayed, but it it worked out well in terms of the context of the evening. As I said, I think you'll just be blown away by some of the things that, that Kirby explores here in this episode. And uh, if it wasn't good enough already, just hang in till the very, very end. Oki rolling out some true life wisdom that really speaks to all of us. And yeah, I don't know. I I walked away from this night, uh, as did Smithy, just thinking, far out, man. There is nothing better than being 
in the room, you know, sharing story, sharing space with people who just love surfing, want to make the most out of life, want to live good lives. And I don't know, when you feel the energy of the community that get together in these rooms, I don't know, man, there's, there's something that's really special happening. And I just can't thank you, everyone who came to a live show, who got to take part and who rode this journey with us. Please stay tuned for more Ain't That Swell live dates coming soon. Not just in Australia, but New Zealand, Europe, America. It's all coming, folks. And just remember, finally, that all ATS Live is brought to you by our great mates at Billabong, the company behind the Swillians, the company behind graphene technology, 100% recycle wetsuits, warm, flexible, and with an inside lining of purple fluff that makes you feel like you're in the arms of a warm embrace. Get behind Billabong Swillians. Enjoy the show. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ASP are gonna find me, because I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now, I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback, drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that's the table thing? Oh, surf looks good, Avin. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jen and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> yeah, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies, welcome to Ain't That Swell Live! Finally, from the fucking west coast of this grand continent. Are you kidding me? We made it. We fucking made it. I cannot believe it, mate. When we, yeah, that's fucking right, Dan. Oh, mate, it's taken us fucking two years, three jabs, two flights, a million fucking face nappies, ten lockdowns, and all the fucking rest of it. One G to G and a bunch of stinking sweaty pigs staring at me as I walk through the airport, Vaughn. It's been an absolute clusterfuck to get here. And for what? Why? What is it all about? I don't understand, is it to protect me and you? You think these cunts care about me and you? They do. Think they care about our health? What is it, to stop the spread? You it's care. fucking everywhere. Every cunt's got a sore throat, mate. I don't understand, but, uh, mate, it's been an absolute fucking hassle to get here. Right down to the death, like I almost didn't make it here yesterday. I uh, found out, of course, you needed some fucking booster or some shit to get here, like uh, into this fucking republic or whatever the fuck's going on over here. <laughs> All these special rules and shit, and of course, you know, I'm there Googling around on the fucking hot dogs and whatnots, and, uh, you know, it's like uh, there's no fucking, uh, there's no booster in the Northern Rivers, of course. Mm. I've got to drive an hour and a half deep into the fucking Gold Coast, deep into the Sim City shopping complexes and assorted capitalist skull-fucking horseshit. There I am. An hour and a half drive up there, I'm fucking, you know, I finally pull up, I'm busting into a pierce, I fucking pop the door on my car, my fucking little Kelpie dog, he runs out of the door, straight in the road, I'm grabbing my cock, I'm fucking directing traffic with the other hand, I'm screaming at my dog, sit out you cunt! This fucking car's backed up in every direction, it's a full scene, I look back at my car, it's still caked in mud from the floods, it's fucking missing panels and mud guards, the door's wide open, I fucking look down at my pants, I piss my pants! 
I'm wearing white trackies. I never wear white trackies for precisely the reason I'm prone to the odd squirt or shart from time to time. Sacred parchment. Mate, and I just fucking looked at the heavens and went, what the fuck is this all about, you cunts? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, there I was in big red letters, big bold red letters that just said, game over, you lose, cunt. And uh, there was even some, like, Tetris fucking endgame music that just went, pew, 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 pew. And, uh, anyway, I got the jab, drove home for an hour and a half, and, uh, you know, by the time I got home, mate, I was ready to fucking just jab any cunt in a suit on suspicion, mate. I was just... I was fucking proper schwitzing. Uh, and, you know, I did what any self-respecting Swellian would do when they're fully schwitzing. I reached out for the Tibetan singing bowl. I grabbed a bud the size of my head. I chopped it up. I lunged ten straight. And then I watched Kirby Brown's Chasing Monsters on the big screen. Get fucked! Wow! Talk about a palate cleanser, Vaughn. I was fucking reborn. It was better than an ice bath, mate. It was better than a fucking rim job at the polywaffle. It was... I felt like a new man! Oh, Jed Smith, everybody. He's angry. Don't make him angry. Mate, welcome to the West. Uh, have, have you spent much time in, in the city or, or around the city beaches? I uh, made a little bit in a housing commission here with one of my mum's boyfriends till he flogged up, but uh, yeah, that was another story. Bit of a sad story, that one. Anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been here a few times. Not, not deep culture sort of visits, but uh, I've come over a few times. I remember years and years ago, actually, uh, down the beach, at, uh, or is it up the beach? Down the beach? Fuck, east, west, don't know. But uh, yeah, I was at the cot and uh, saw little 15-year-old Ry Craig win his first air show and that basically launched him uh, as the future superstar and uh, the full rep for the West that he became and uh, that was an epic day. I think uh, the eight grand check that he won pretty much took care of Hoyo's bar tab that night so that was pretty oh, good. Wow, wow. Anyway, mate, look, it's so good to be here. We're so stoked to finally be over here in the West and sharing this fucking podcast experiment with you guys. Big thanks to Billabong, our number one supporters. They've been with us since day one and they are the greatest. They really are. They get the graphene wetties if you haven't got one for this winter. Best rubber you can buy. Should we get our first guest up? Let's get him up. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the 1999 world champion, the 1995 Pipeline Master. He's the Raging Bull, the Italian Stallion, Aki! Oh, good to be here, Ock, and welcome back to the city, mate. Thank you, Vaughan. Yeah, it's been a while. I've spent a bit of time in Perth. I've, I've been down to Margie's for the last couple of days, but came back to see you guys and everyone. And, um, yeah, I've competed a bit here at Triggs, I remember. Do you remember? Because you're the stats man. We had a World Teams Challenge here once. Wow. And, was, um, this, was there waves or was it like today? It was Triggs. No. <laughs> there was little waves. There was something really weird happening. Do you remember this? Like some guy had priority... And he was running up and down the beach because the guy didn't have priority. I don't know from what country it was, but he didn't let him catch a wave the whole time. And what? I forget who it was. I thought you'd know. Oh, anyway, don't worry about it. No uh, idea, mate. No, nah, but I've been in a couple of... might have even been a QS here back in the day, but I've spent a bit of time in Perth. I mean, obviously heaps of time down Margaret River and, uh, like, a lot, a real lot, um, you know, staying with Jack and doing movies and... Um, and George Simpson, uh, the pioneer from down there, and um, gone up north a lot too. So I've spent a lot of time in the West. I love it here. Yeah, we'll, we'll deep dive into that a bit, Ock. But uh, before we do get going, I wanted to ask you, mate, Bells was just wrapped. 
what yep. did you make of it? It was a bit of an Aussie resurgence, and it was it was good. Finally, we got some Aussies back in the top. It was really good. I mean, I saw Ethan. Uh, we surfed together yesterday, and it was a bummer for him that it went flat in the semis. But I thought the judging was a bit, you know, like here Sus and as there. Fuck, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tello Ferreira. I mean, I love Jack Robinson, and that, don't get me wrong, but um, that was a tight heat. Um, but uh, you know, hang on, hang on. Are you back in Italy against Jack no, in the West? No, 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 no. I'll get booze all day long. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's not that particular heat. But I mean, come on, Oki. I'm just going to get ejected Sorry, out of here real quick. My bad. I? My bad. What am I saying? No, uh, yeah, no, there was some sus judging for sure. But, like, I mean, at the end of the day, I thought that the surfing that we saw at Bells was some of the uh, best ever, yeah. just back to back on those good days. It was epic. But, yeah. mate, like, fuck, what do you see? Or, or does it warm your heart when you see, like, a Callum Robson, these, these nuggety little fucking battlers who are, you know, from these sort of poor towns? Uh, Cal's town had just been devastated yeah. by floods. And they turn up, mate, and they get it done. Yeah. He must have just been freaking. Yeah, him and Jackson Baker's really good. Uh, you know, it was great to see them make some heats and, and Callum, you know, in the semis. You know, I w watched him qualify last year and, uh, you know, it just seems like as soon as they hit the big time, their surfing just elevates and it, it has for both of them. It's really good to see. And before we, sorry, Smithy, before we leave Bells, everyone always talks about the skins, mate, and, and we know a lot about that. But the following year, you won Bells. You rang it. Uh, and it was a magic event, uh, Shane Dorian in the final. Just, just can we share just a few of your memories from that event? Because, uh, you know, the year before was a, a monumental year in terms of your comeback and stuff. But the comeback kind of really properly began, uh, at least in earnest, for your world title at that Bells comp. Yeah, so I think it was a year before my world title. But um, it was a win there and uh, it was good. Um, I can't remember a whole lot. It was a long while ago. Uh, the, waves, the waves were good. <laughs> um, been slipping into your stuff too much, Jed. Nah. Um, uh, it was a good final, you know, and uh, I remember the day. I do. I mean, the waves were like six foot and it was good. I mean, the party was big. It was huge. Uh, and then we had to wait a couple of weeks to the skins. No, that was when Matt Hoy won. Yeah, actually, that was it. Yeah. I get the years mixed up. Yeah, we're seeing Australian surfing go through you know, a little bit of a resurgence, at least in the patriotic sense. You know, a lot of these kind of battlery uh, characters, your Jacko Bakers, your, your Callum Rolsons, your Conor O'Leary's, your Morgan Sibwicks, um, you know, they're, they're getting behind each other, Indy Robinson. Uh, what was it like in your day on tour? Was, it, was there a lot of camaraderie between, between the Australians? Does that help or, or hinder you? It does. It helps heaps. I mean, we had it, uh, but it was more – it was different. I mean – you know, like the Aussies are definitely the loosest guys on tour. And, um, and we had, you know, a lot of parties backing each other, you know, in and out of the surf. Probably out more than in. Um, but, you know, and the, these kids like to have a good, good time too. So uh, it was still the same, you know, and it's good to see. I kind of drifted away a little bit, but it's good to see Aussie um, surfing coming back. You know, we've got some really good, really young kids now. I think it's looking more promising. I've got a little kid that... Uh, Stand with us at Margaret River, Lennox Smith, and I think he's our next best big thing. And Dakota Walters is down there too. But we got some good waves, and um, but I think it's looking promising. There was a, a massive West push when you were uh, on tour, Rock. Uh, West, think, what do you mean? Well, from over this side. Yeah. Uh, Taj. Well, yeah. There's that second generation push, but then there was the first guys you were talking about partying. I know that some of the uh, 
guys on tour from over this way were Don't really want to get anyone in, in trouble. No, but, um, but big characters and, and a lot of guys from this coast, you know, uh, stepping up. I'm yeah. Brano, obviously. Yeah. Palmateer, all that crew. Palmateer, I was going to say Josh, yeah. Like, um, he was on the same Billabong team as me and uh, we had a crew back then and um, I think Derek Hyman was a coach and there was uh, – um, Wayne Jaggard and, and Josh, and um, we had some really good years on tour there. You've talked about Derek Hines' uh, advice and influence over you in those early years. Uh, do you reckon the, the crew from the West understood him any better than you did? Uh, prob- oh, I think we both didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you stumped me. Mate, talk to us about your first uh, few trips over the West, because, I mean, it is the home of the Aussie slab lock. It's the home of waves of mortal coniquence on this continent. Um, I mean, what did you make of the, the waves, the energy in the ocean over here? And Yeah, way more powerful in the East, for sure. Like, I mean, Margaret River was scary back in the day. I came here when I was about 14 years old in an Australian titles. And um, we went, they took us to Margaret River one day, and it was absolutely huge, and I was really... It was scary. Um... Uh, the, uh, and um, I think I surfed like a little 20 that day. I was on the shoulder. But in more recent, I, would, I think I won the Emu Margaret River Bitter Pro and uh, MR was in the final, Mark Richards. And uh, I think he lost his board in the final. And, um, and it was huge that day. Your sign fell down. And, uh, <laughs> but Margaret River, yeah, was like, it was the big wave. And, it, um, you know, we don't really... You know, in Cronulla, we used to get some pretty big waves um, down south, but um, up on the Gold Coast, rarely get, even though it's been freaking huge lately. I've got to ask you, mate, what was it like surfing against MR in a final when you were just It was crazy, yeah. Do you remember any, any moments or any... I was uh, actually, when he lost his board, I, I was inside and I wanted to grab it. And I was like, what am I doing? Don't grab it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he was a legend and... Uh, um, I mean, still is. So, yeah, it was, it was good to get, tap into that era a little bit because there's been a few. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, you come from a part of the world, like you said, that's not short on heavy water either, Shark Island, Voodoo. Yeah. Um, I guess that must have primed you to some degree coming over here. But what did you make of getting your first look at the box, North Point? It's funny you say that because um, I've never surfed the box. And, like, the other day they were going to surf it and I'm like, I'm in my 50s. I don't think I'm going to start right now. But we did get good waves. We went down the coast to an undisclosed spot where we got like nice roll-ins into slabs, which is which suited me fine. But um, someone already picked it. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, you know that that wave's heavy on on your backhand. I mean, uh, obviously they surf it on their backhand, but I mean, there's a a lot of waves that I get uh, called out on that I never surfed. Like my the home break in Cronulla Owls, like I never surfed that, and everyone's like, "You're a wuss," but I don't care. <laughs> uh, a, wa- a, a slab you did have a bit of a better relationship with on this side of the continent, uh, Tombstones, a joint yeah. you spent enough time on, and you know surfed really well. Um, talk to us a bit about that wave and, and some of your forays, early forays into the desert. Yeah, well, the de- uh, the I went up and stayed a long time, you know, with Jack McCoy and George Simpson used to always camp up there. And uh, I spent a lot of time up there making some movies with Jack. And then they had the challenge, the, um, the challenge, uh, uh, the Billabong challenge. And um, we had like Rob Machado and even Kelly came, I think. And um, I did kind of well in that event. I think I got a second. But we had perfect termies one day, really nice high tide. And it wasn't too scary. But I've been up there like so many times. And the last time, it was only a few years ago. But, and it was huge. 
And the time before that, it was my 40th. I went with Andy Irons and Joel, and they surprised me in a strike mission, and it was massive. Those guys were going crazy, like Kirby and everyone are out there. And um, it was hard to get waves, but I don't know if I wanted them. But, um, uh, but you know, it's when it's low and those triple sucky ledges, it's just like you've got to weave your way through them. It's like trying to get through a maze or something while you're in the barrel. It's hard enough taking off on a wave that size and negotiating all that. But, but I love it up there. You know, it's... Um, I've spent a lot of time up there. It's really nice. What is it about? I mean, everyone in this room probably knows. I haven't been up there, but what what is it about that place that's so healing? We've seen people go up there and, and really rebuild themselves. Yeah, Curbs uh, obviously talks about that in his film. You've done it. Andy was up there on that yeah. mission as well to do a bit of healing. Yeah. What What is it about just being so remote that it's gives you the like chance? It's, to... it re- it's really like the desert for me, meeting the ocean. But it's just so pristine and clean and. Um, and the wildlife and uh, just the colours, the stars and everything. It's just so, feels so natural to be up there, you know. And, um, and then surfing those reef breaks, it just like, uh, it's a real healing spot, you know, for sure. Unless I've got like Jack McCoy like telling me, you know, to get back out there when I got a sore back. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> get clip, Oki, get clip. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no fucking Instagram, that helps too, doesn't it? I mean, uh, no phone reception. No, yeah, yeah no reception. Yeah, that's a well. big point. Oh no, they must have reception now. Do that, don't they? Do they? I don't know. I guess it's interesting though. Yeah, when you're in the desert, uh, in those really pristine, pure environments, and you're just sitting around a campfire having a couple of tins and a couple of cones of your mates, like, uh, you know, that is fucking healing energy. That is like, it's just such a pure way to live. It, your whole body, your whole tempo, your whole rhythm of life slows down. Um, yeah, you know, I think we need more of it, man. More hanging out around campfires and uh, turning the fucking devices off and less jabs in the fucking throat and whatnot. Like. <laughs> okay, just, you know, you've been up there for, for generations now. You've seen them come and go. Who were some of the guys who really had the place dialed when you were first going up there? Yeah, well, um, you know, like uh, um, Rick Jakovich and, and Dino. Um, I'm going to miss out on a few guys for sure, but... Um, yeah, yep, yep, yeah, Kyle, I remember Kyle, yeah, but uh, I'm definitely missing out on some crew, um, but you know, the boys have got it wired up there, and uh, um, I'm trying to think of some more goofy footers. Well, talk to us a bit about Kirby surfing out there, I'm, I'm sure you spent a bit of time in the water with him, um, talk to us about the wave and his approach to it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I mean, in the and later, like um, Jack Robbo was up there last time we were up there, and he just has, you know, like he can surf big waves like it's going out of fashion. But yeah, Kirby just looks for the really big ones, like he always does, and just reckless abandon, but always seems to make it. Um, you know, just watching the what he's been doing lately is just unbelievable, and um, yeah, so. Just a real, just he's so relaxed too, you know what I mean? And uh, everyone gives him his way. They know he's going to take the gnarliest one. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, just, it's so good to be out there and, wat- and watch him, um, you know, what they do. So, yeah, it's... it's um I mean, you've surfed the world's best, you know, AI and Parco, you, two of you, two, you know, were two of your best mates, um, did many trips with them. I mean, you got a guy like Kirby who's very much a more underground kind of figure, um, you know, can you talk to us a bit about his surfing versus like AI's approach out there? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's different, obviously. Andy's different stances, obviously. You know, Andy's different stances, but I mean, Andy's, you know, like 
uh, just so versed, you know, it, like from everywhere, from Chofu to that, to um, whatever it gets thrown at him, he can adapt, you know. And um, But Kirby's done the same. I mean, the slabs he's riding. I think I was um, even looking through his Instagram this morning and noticed that, you know, it, he went to Chofu once too. Yeah, and, and um, saw some crazy photos there. And uh, so, yeah, but, you know, it's just, it's similar. You know, surfing big waves, especially for those guys, it's just, that's, you know, they live for that. And, um, you know, it's not my, you know, forte, but, um, you know, it's through all the years and competing, you know, at Pipe and stuff, I like, when you have to do it, I do it. But, like, I don't, you know, when I don't have to, I'm like, yeah, check, please. <laughs> <laughs> And what was it like sharing space with AI in the lead up to those swells and, and even in the water? Like, what was he like? Was he just fucking hooting and hollering and oh, going mad? Yeah, that? yeah. Just, uh, you know, the things I've seen him do at Chopra. And even that day, he, he was going crazy. But I mean, but he's a full respectful guy, you know, and he, and he probably wasn't getting the ways he wanted. But, um, you know, he respects the locals and he always has. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it was it was crazy, you know, that that day we surfed it and then the next day it would drop to bid and they surfed up at monuments and um him and joe were trading huge barrels and that's another way that i don't surf <laughs> but i think i had a couple of beers and watched them and it was epic yeah i was talking to uh, jack robbo the other day actually about tube riding and he was saying that you know you, you get deep enough you start seeing things in the tube I was just wondering uh did you ever see anything in the tube like did you ever like get so deep off <laughs> that i don't know you just disappeared from the barrel and woke up in Morris Cole's rave cave. <laughs> Did that ever happen? Definitely, like, I don't know what you've been thinking about, but, um... Uh, but definitely seen things, yeah. <laughs> he also said, uh, this is uh, going to be coming out on the, on the Wazzle broadcast, but he was saying, like, yeah, surfing the box, goofy. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I've tried it a few times, and, and he, he's gone switch foot. And then he sort of said, you know, Owen's 10 out there is the best backside, biggest barrel he's ever seen at the box. And then I said, what about Idlow's one? And he just went, oh, fuck, mate. He had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't even think I don't, he'd surf the place I, before. I don't think he had either, but that <laughs> drop, you know, like, well, and the way he made it, he had to make it for dear well, life. That's, yeah. that's, that's the raw talent. That. That's raw talent. I mean, Owen, that was his first session out there too when he got the 10. Yeah, and it's just that twitchy fucking Red Bull energy just <laughs> twisting and turning and... Doing yeah, everything. That was wild. But yeah, yeah he just remember. was, you know, I guess, uh, you know, that's the difference, isn't it? You get out there, you've just got all that experience and all that body Yeah, fucking... well, I mean, what, you know, with Isolo making that wave and then it was like reminding me of myself similar at Pipe, like when I didn't know what I was doing when I first surfed it, but you just kind of had to. But, you know, his talent got him through there, you know, like, I mean, that was a radical and that wave of Owen was just unbelievable. He knew what he was doing. But he didn't um, win the Pipe Masters. Owen's got ways down where he's away like that, so. But Italo definitely, he just done it, like, blindfolded. It was epic. Yeah, just just to clarify, though, Ock, uh, you won the Pipe Masters when you were 19, mate. Those guys didn't. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, hey. Mate, just on Pipeline, because uh, it's good that we did bring it up, uh, you know, we've just seen Kelly win at 50. And uh, I just want to get your take on that, because, you know, well into your 40s, you had a, a real honest crack at possibly re-qualifying again. Long after you retired, yeah. that was 
at Margaret's it really kicked it, off. Yeah, well, I think that was the last time I was here. I can't remember it, but I mean, how long ago was that? It was almost 10 years ago. And it was a QS, and then I just do it. I did it because um, not to make a comeback. I love, I love it down there, and I, I don't think I was commentating. I don't think Josh Kerr won that. I think I just came to compete in it and made the semis. Um, I think, but uh, but yeah, like, what was the question again? <laughs> well, I just, I guess the question is like, Kelly is oh, fifty yeah. years old. He's yeah. doing some of the best surfing ever I mean, in waves of Conequence. When you've got a big wedging left wall, like, fuck, mate, no one can cleaver it in half like you can. Still got it. No. Like, well, did you, where, do you, where do you see, you know, your surfing journey right now? Oh, I mean, like, on the Gold Coast, we've had that much swell, and I, it's funny, I was talking to Steve about it, but I still feel like I'm surfing really good, you know, and then sometimes I think, fuck, that's like, I'm not competing anymore and no one's filming and I just it's kind of a waste you know like but I'm like no 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 just keep surfing good in your 50s if you keep on surfing at least you'll be able to surf that good for longer but but um yeah it's a good point I mean Kelly winning five like I could see that coming I had money on him um he's that freaking good out he's that good out there you know and it's really freaking good to see I thought that was unbelievable and I mean at Chopu and G-Land he could win there and but you know and then he's in the top five for the at the finals and Trestle's obviously going to be hard but um, the whole you know cut you know like I mean the cut is so gnarly I surfed with Freddie Mar- Frederico Marais yesterday and I could see the stress you know like I was like because he's you know just he needs to make semis or quarters or something and I was like that's not fair you know like I mean it's only four events Freddie's been on tour for a long time but the kids that only just made the tour and for they worked their whole life for and they only get four chances it's like tough I don't know. It's not my thing, but I, and, I, and if I was on the tour, I don't, even if I wasn't qualifying, I think I still wouldn't like it. I'd probably vote for not to have the cut, you know what I mean? Because it's sad. Um, but I'm not on tour, so it's got nothing to do with me, but yeah. All right. Well, look, Oki One Pipe, I've got an idea. I just want to float it here. Smivy, G-Land's coming up. Hold <laughs> 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 up. I don't know if anyone's seen Filthy Habits, but wow, right. <laughs> Your surfing uh, out there during that movie is some of the freest, funnest surfing I've ever seen. I Can get, we get your wild card into G Land? <laughs> I get lost in the jungle. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I, I, I don't know Clay Marzo that well, but um, I saw him. You post- got one thing in common. <laughs> I saw him um, post something that he wanted a wildcard and it's so not like him to do that. I know him a little bit, but uh, I don't know. There's a wildcard that's going to go to one person for the rest of the events and next year and I don't know who that's going to be, but that's far out. Luke Hagan! <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Well, I'm, I'm going to vote for Oki. I'll vote for Oki for G-Land. Anyone else? Backing it? And failing that, Oki for PM. We made a flyer for you and everything around the corner. No, you can't do any worse than the what's, two fucking morons. What's, what's PM? Oh, what's PM, exactly. Shit. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Righto, folks. Let's uh, turn this into a... I was going to say gangbang. That's the wrong... Not good. There's a fucking hell of a lot of dudes in here, dude. Let's turn it into a... <laughs> Bad. Let's get our next guest up. You're staying, okay? Yeah, I'm going to stay. Yeah, good. Righto, folks, put your hands together for the star of Facing Monsters. He's an absolute slap prince. Kirby Brown from up north. G'day, g'day. Kirby Brown, brother, thanks for coming up. 
Thanks for having me, mate. All the way from down south. Used to be up north, now down south. Mate, congrats on uh, Facing Monsters. It's uh, incredible. Everyone in here seen it yet? It's like... Cheers. It's, it's the best surf film ever and by a fucking long way. Like, it's so psycho. It's an opus, man. Like, it's kind of rattling to watch, but at the same time... It's fucking, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so exhilarating, stomach-turning, incredibly well shot, uh, fucking poetry, like, it's got everything, it's got it all. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, we, we've done a couple of Q, uh, well, we did one Q&A together, Curbs, but yeah, how's yeah. the response been, mate? Have you been surprised? I mean, you, you've undertook this project for so long, uh, obviously it came with pretty major consequences, but you also rode fucking waves yeah. that no human being will even go close to experiencing, I don't think. How's, the, uh, how's that whole experience been for you? Yeah, it's been overwhelming, to be honest. Like, just, I guess, to put yourself out there and, and I only ask for it to be as real and raw and honest as possible. So that's all I wanted from the film. And to get the feedback that we've received so far has been, is, it's been really good, like really positive. And is most of the feedback people... Yeah, round of applause, yeah. I was just wondering, is most of the feedback people coming up to you after the movie and just putting their arm on your shoulder and going, hey, you're a fucking psychopath, mate. Yeah. It, it is so mad what you're doing in that movie. Uh, me and Smithy have talked about it on the show. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you could talk about the, the psychology behind it. You know, you could talk about it all day, but... We really only got an hour, so I'll just go straight to the chase. Are you mad? <laughs> I mean, like, fuck, dude. How, like, how do you balance... I guess I'm so interested in how you balance family responsibilities, work responsibilities with living that lifestyle, like, in your mind. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing to juggle, that's for sure. Um, I, obviously people say that, like, oh, you're, you're mad or whatever, you got a death wish or whatever, but um, for me, I guess I've been doing it so long and, I'm, and, and I've, it feels really natural to me. So even when, like, I got the chance to do the film and people are kind of going, this is, like, crazy what you're doing, what, for, to me it doesn't really seem that because I'm just... I'm so focused on what I'm doing and trying to progress myself. I'm in my own, own little bubble, I guess, but... And then you add the element of, you know, having kids on top of that. And obviously, it's super dangerous what, what I'm doing. And then, like you said, again, throw work in the mix, you know, trying to provide your family. Um, that's why I ended up doing a job that kind of allowed me to do both. And, and then, and, and for me, I'm, you know, it's, I'm so obsessed. I have been over the years and what I'm doing and so um, into, you know, um, pushing myself and riding these kind of waves and then to get pulled away from that to, to work for six months of the year and get taken away and then missing swells and all of that. It's, all, it's, a, it's a lot to chuckle. Mate, you do an amazing job of it. Obviously, uh, the film is a masterpiece. I just want to get into the heart of slabs for a second because oh, you grew up at really the first major slab that ever got surfed was pretty much regarded. Oh, this, is, this is blown, up, blown open. And uh, where surfing was going, oh, what sort of waves are these? I'm sure there was a lot of it going on over here for years. There were in other pockets around Australia. But Shark Island really was the first. How was it for you as a grom growing up in Cronulla and just seeing people attack it and then wanting to have a go at it yourself? 
Do you remember yeah. those days? Do you remember I do, people? I do. I mean, because it was a bodyboarder's wave, and I mean, Kirby probably agrees. A lot of these waves were bodyboarder waves before people started surfing yeah, them. Sure. I mean, you know, um, even in, at Surf Lakes, they built a bodyboarder wave, but we surf it now. But I mean, the waves that Kirby surfs is crazy, and I, and I don't understand it. Um, you know, ours, uh, I mean, have you surfed ours before, Kirby? A uh, long time ago. Long time I've ago. Had, yeah, I think I've only had one session. Yeah. It was only 12 foot when you surfed today. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, we just flew in from Hawaii one day and I jumped off the plane and yep. with Kobe and we had a session out there. But yeah, that's a pretty, pretty mad way. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you, like, on the slabs, are you wearing flotation vests or not so much? Um, Depends. Well, over the years, no. But yeah. um, obviously on those real shallow ones, I, yeah, I don't wear, like, a pool vest because there's no water and it's not really going <laughs> to really help you. Um <laughs> Yeah, like you're pulling yourself on dry land, all of a sudden you fly up in the air, and you're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which is weird because, you know, but places like the right, um, yeah. they are incredible, like yeah. they've helped so much. But we've never, we never used to wear them, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's only in the last probably five years. Yeah, well, thanks to Shane Dorian, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was the first one I had, actually, the, yeah. bill, the Billabong one. Yeah. But they, they literally... Huge lifeline at places yeah. like that. Yeah. How how deep do you go at the right? Like, has, how, I have to ask because I don't know how fucking mad everyone in WA is. How many people surf the right in here? Anyone? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank fuck. Couple. Yeah. But like, yeah. how deep do you go? Like, you always hear about uh, <laughs> Mavericks and uh, the right have this sort of uh, like I guess it's like a mushroom rock where you yeah, you, exactly. you get rolled for a bit and then you fall off an underwater waterfall. Uh, is that sort of how you describe a wipeout down there? And how deep yeah. do you actually go, do you think? Yeah, it's hideous, hey. Like, if, like, you're sitting in the deepest, blackest water and then it jacks and hits that ledge, but off the other side of that, it goes equally as deep. So that's what scares the shit out of me with a right, is, you know, you've, you've got those ones, you've probably all seen them, the ones that clamp, and they're the ones that really drown you. But you do, you get... You, <laughs> You, um, you don't want those, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm usually waiting for the kind of biggest lump that comes through and I think uh, you, you, you figure out which ones you think aren't going to clamp but you never really know. But to those wipeouts, you, you, you are just you're literally going off the waterfall and it's, you go deep so quick and it's just so black and violent and, you know, usually... The first thing will happen is your ears, like the, just the pressure, because you must go deep, like so like fast, and the pressure builds up, and your ears usually blow if you go deep enough. And yeah, it's not uncommon to come up with blood coming out of your nose and ears just from the pressure. But yeah, it's scary, man. The wipeouts are hideous. Fuck, sounds and exactly like the tour in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, uh, so and there was no swell on that. <laughs> Just to let, like, the audience know, and, and, and myself, like, I mean, obviously your biggest, you know, safety factor now is your suit, but, like, it's relaxing. Is the, I'm, I'm trying to work out how, like, if I, well, I'm in big ways, I know I've got to relax, but you relax so much you forget to pull your vest or, like, yeah, because yeah. I'll be panicking trying to find that thing. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, like, for, oh, for me, I've never really done a lot of training for big waves so like you know a lot of guys would do breath holds and and, and and I mentally know that I can't hold my breath for that long but I think um, yeah like over the years it's, it's not a like probably having too much of a good time to be worried about um, trying to 
prepare for big waves, but... Um, so it's all about relaxing? For, yeah, for me, like, it's real mental and I've always been good at um, just calming myself under that, just that heavy situation, you know, and talking yourself through it. And I think that's the most important thing because... And having the, you know, that as a lifeline, that, that blow-up suit, so if you do black out, at least you know, you're still coming up because yeah. for many years we surfed it with, with, no, with no, none yeah. of that. So. Yeah, for sure, which is radical. So you, you know where it is. I mean, if you black out, obviously you can't pull it, though. Yeah, exactly. But I, <laughs> like, I, one of my worst ones out there, I fell and... Um, I think I slapped my ear and I, I was disorientated and I went to pull the thing and this is the last time I wore that wetsuit. It was quite old. The billabong was one of the first ones and it didn't go off. Oh. So I was like, had that, um, you know, you, you think you've got that safety and I was like, bang. And I was like, because you hear it go off and you feel oh. it. And I was like, oh. This Jeez, that's not right. good for the brand. Uh. <laughs> uh, I will say this. Yeah, we've got to clip I that I will part. say this. <laughs> he was very, very warm and very flexible under there. <laughs> and the graphene was yeah. fucking incredible. It felt good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I mean... Uh, Oh, this is actually fucking mind-boggling to me to hear you going through these, you know, fucking microseconds of thought, but breaking it down with Ock is, is fascinating, man, because, you know, most of us, we see, we see it disappear and then it's just guess, it's guessing for us. Like, you know, I guess we kind of know what a wipeout feels like, but to be going so low that your, your ears are popping, your nose is bleeding, you're fucking blacking out, it's fucking madness, mate. Like, how do you... Re- bounce back from a wipeout like that like when you come to the surface is it is it weeks is it months is it fucking the next swell it's the next set i think <laughs> yeah yeah like oh I, all the guys you know the local boys all the guys that surf have everyone's got their own story you know and and um especially like uh local shano chris shanahan he's man he's taken some crazy like back-to-back two-wave hold downs and he's just an animal he gets back on the rope but, um, yeah, it does oh, – some of those ones, you know, the, the two-wave hold-downs and the ones that you f- you're fearing for your life and you're just down there going, am I going to come up? Like, And I've had, like, the repercussions. Nicole will, will vouch for this. I've come home and, and it's like the pressure build up in your head is like – it feels like my skull was just going to crack like it was and – it, and, and it does affect you for days and then it obviously affects you mentally – going back out there because you really it's it's a scary experience for me especially like those deep water like drowning kind of wipeouts um so that it does it it does play with your confidence but i I guess you can't think about it too much mate oh can can i just surf at surf lakes for the rest of my life you can Yeah. I've had one, just one two-wave hole down at Voodoo in Cronulla and the water's dark there too. Have you surfed Voodoo? Maybe. Um, maybe when I was real young, but not, real young. not big, not, yeah. but it looks crazy. Yeah, but it was a rogue set and I got held down for two waves and um, my leg wrap snapped and I didn't know how big that... You don't know how big that wave is. It's got, like hit you, hey, and then I was panicking. That's when I stopped relaxing. And then I was paddling like a, like a dog, like dog paddling up and the next one, the third one went down my throat like as I, got, as I was getting a breath. But 
It's just, well, it's torturous, eh? Have you ever cried in the surf? I would cried that day. <laughs> I went home to mum and I said, I don't want to surf big waves. She said, it's OK, Mark, you don't have to. <laughs> The worst thing, like, uh, it, this happens a bit at the right. You rock up and, so, and you watch someone and just go to the depths and come up and their eyes are dilated and, and they've just, you know, they've got blood coming out of their ears before you've even caught a wave and you just, that's not what you want to see, but that's, you know, but that happens. And then they go, do they say, hey, mate, I just had the sickest time at Morris's rave cave. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Blinder. Uh, on the flip side of that, sorry. That's not <laughs> uncommon either. Joy. On the flip side, that's the deep water one. What yeah. about the shallow water one, mate, where you're airborne, you know you've fucking got a long way to go before you hit anything, but you know it's dry. Like, give us that internal dialogue when you're caught in the lip and you're sailing towards dry rock. Yeah, I guess the dry ones are just a whole nother story. Like... Um because you've got time, right? Like, there's a lot of time in the lip on those monsters where you've got time to think. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to be in the lip on those ones. Um, yeah, there's no safety there. No safety net. It's straight into the rock. But, yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I've always been drawn to the waves with no water under them. Like, it gets, I get the most satisfaction out of riding them. Like, the most, like the most um, adrenaline and... And it's so challenging, um, especially one of the, like, some of the ones with, like, dry ledges and then how thick and, like, this, there's so much volume in, in, the, in the lips and, and you really do hear, the, like, the noise of them cracking on the reef and stuff, those shallow ones, they're just, they're just totally different. The craziest thing about that film is that, you know, when you, when you stop these, these clips and you see a freeze frame of it, you know, they look like non-waves. They look like gimmicky non-waves. But in the, the film, you're fucking surfing these things. You, you're coming from deep, you know, the way like, your tube technique's so pure, the way you compress and absorb the, the big wonks and backwash. And, you know, you're fucking deep. You're weaving through these things. Like, it's, it's like watching, uh, you know, it could be watching someone at Desert Point or whatever, but it's just a fucking atomic version of it. Um, I'm, I guess what I'm interested to know is like, what what is your make ratio uh, out there, and, and and when do you draw the line? Like, how many hidings can you cop on a one of those kind of, I guess, bone dry ones before you have to pull yeah. the pin? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, depends, I guess, where it is. Like, um, some of the places, like, uh, there's a wave in the, in the doco that we surf straight up. It's the kind of wave that in, got me thinking, like. What else can I ride? What else can I kind of do if I can surf this place? But um, looking at it, you know, it doesn't really... You don't know if it's rideable. And, and a lot of those waves are like that. Like, you just, you, you, you're trying to figure out, is there a way to ride on that? Is there not? And some days it'll only... Or some locations, they only might only break, like... Or be rideable five times a year or something. So when you're out there... I guess you really. Um, I'm, I'm always conscious to not like to make the most of of that day and 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 try and get as many waves as you can. But it's like you say, it's a fine line. Like you you, you don't want to keep pushing it too far because you know if you're making waves, it's only it's only a matter of time. You know, like because they're so unpredictable. Like none of them are perfect, and hitting the reef like chopes or anything like that. So knowing when to 
to kind of go that enough's enough is is probably um, a very important thing. It's it's one thing I've noticed about the proper tube pig addicts. Have you ever have you ever had that problem? No, I mean, <laughs> I like after I made a couple, I'm pulling the pin. Well, that's the thing. No one seems to be able to quit when they're ahead in this game. No, I mean, you got the shot, right? You've had it, and that's it. Um, en- enough's enough is is a <laughs> it's a hard question to really ask yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes. But nothing like just nothing compared to that. I mean, I'm not going anywhere near those. I'm glad that you ride them, and I'm glad that you're still alive. I mean, like I reckon you should pull the pin soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I think my family think the same. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> my brother's really good at, at pulling me back sometimes. He's like, you, you know, that, that's a sick one. That'll do, eh? That, you know? I, I want to, yeah. Where, does the, where did this come from? This desire to surf these waves? Where did the attraction of those waves come from? Because it's, it's one thing to have it within you and get a bit of experience out there, but there's usually a little cluster that sort of birthed that sort of competitiveness to go deeper and push out so who was in that for you um what, what like starting out you mean yeah when you first started like you know going fuck you know i'm a bit bored of just taking off on these waves where i always take off i want to go deeper and deeper um, normally yeah, it, yeah it comes with a bunch of mates when you start doing the things that you're yeah, doing yeah i guess like um i feel like we surfed kind of all the paddle waves like to the point where i was looking for something else and then when the um Jet skis come into play, I guess that obviously um, opened up all these places, you know, that, that usually you couldn't ride, like these short, intense, slabby waves, but the jet ski allowed that. So I guess I got to a point where I, I, I was got, you know, we got the ski and we started towing around Kalbarri and then we went elsewhere. But um, like is, this is you and Clary. Me and Clary, yeah. Brother. Yeah, and then and, and, um, early days, you know, we... Um, guys like Kobe Aberdeen and that he was he was keen to do the same thing and he was pushing hard and me and Clary as kids even you know we um, we we did a trip with him and then we were just kind of chasing waves in WA and and our good mates down on the south coast those guys had all those crazy slabs down there so naturally we were, we were pulled to go and hang with them and see what what was it down there and then you know Western Australia is pretty pretty um, insane place um, in terms of just mutant crazy chunks of ocean all over the place so we're really lucky and feel like I was in the right place and it just really um, I was drawn to those kind of waves from from once I started and I just wanted to keep progressing from there I guess. And talk to us about finding some of these waves like I remember one of the quotes in the film uh one of the subs you find, it's like, you know, the last, at the last piece of land before Antarctica. I mean, the adventures to get to these joints and just even identifying rideable waves, like, uh, how do you do it? And what's it like? Can you tell us, like, what one of those adventure stories was like? Uh, yeah, I, I guess for me, like, that's the, that was the appeal of it the whole time, like, um, getting away from everyone else, you know, where the places generally we're going um, were really remote. You don't see anyone. It's just the t- like the small crew that you're going to, and they're so like removed from places. Like you know, guys will generally go to chase to surf. So they're all kind of they vary. Some of them are on the rocks. Some of them are out in the middle of the sea. But I think that was the appeal to me was just to to get away from everyone and go and kind of find. 
like these crazy waves to ride where there's no one around and kind of a lot of time spent just sitting on jet skis and, and just searching really and then a oh, crazy amount of hours actually sitting like driving around driving around the state and driving in around the sea on the jet skis and then Google Earth kind of came into play and that's kind of helped a lot over the years, the recent years anyway. It's fucking mad, isn't it? It's exploration. Like uh, you wouldn't have think that in this day and age, true exploration could exist. Searching for something that may or may not be there and actually finding it. Um, my problem with it is that most people who go out into the wild usually get eaten by a bear. Uh, in, in the film, like, that kind of does happen to you. Like, you, you go so far out there and, and you... I don't want to wreck the ending. Is there anyone not seen it? I just fucked it. Sorry, mate. There's one guy at the <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you, you kind of like, you know, you pay the ultimate price for taking it that far out. And uh, it's, it's a fucking radical thing to watch. It's a radical thing to go through. And uh, yeah. well, first of all, how are you feeling after, after that wipeout? How physically, where are you at right now? Um, yeah, that was, you know, you, you, are, you are really playing with fire. A lot of these the places and, and you do the best you can to prepare and you know it's it is calculated you're not out there trying to fucking kill yourself um but yeah you know this an injury like that and it's always on the cards but you really hope it's never going to happen but that yeah that day it finally came and it's um it stopped me in my tracks for sure and and like so lucky to be where i am like it was so close to being um, a lot worse and I'm just glad to be walking around but can you detail the injuries for us mate? Um, yeah so I I was I was basically like um, I just got driven head first into the rock and it's my head kind of just cracked open like a watermelon fractured skull uh, um, I don't think it fractured my skull but it was like a domino effect on my spine that broke my C four five six seven and T four five. Jeez, bingo. Um, yeah. So yeah, like obviously um, serious spinal injuries, spinal surgery, bone grafts off my hip into my neck, um, all of that. So it's been a long recovery, but. Um, considering how bad it was, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm finally kind of getting to a, to a better place and i am just started to paddle again and try and get that going again, which is really difficult. With the English. And have you bored, like, deep into why you do this? Why you feel the need to chase these kinds of waves? Like, um, you know, is it is it... Just the fact that after stuffing your thousandth psycho Tumi cone, that that's just not fucking enjoyable or fun, or it doesn't give you a buzz anymore. Like, yeah. you know, are you? Is it like? Is this all that makes you feel anything? Like, you know, like what's the, the 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 motivation behind it all? I guess it's the million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, 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 we'll go. In, I go into that in the film. I guess you you kind of learn a bit on that side, but. Um, yeah, for me, it's 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 a combination of things. I think it's it's um, it's for one to like I almost got no interest to go surf amongst other people anymore. 
um, doesn't doesn't appeal to me at all, unless it's unless it's my a couple of my mates. Um, but go yeah, to to go into a to to a location where there's like um, like a bit of a scene and stuff. That's I just want to do the opposite. So. Um, the whole experience for me is, was, yeah, like getting out, challenging myself, finding waves, that, like trying to figure them out on the fly and, and really um, that feeling you get of, of um, synchronising with something that naturally powerful um, and that uh, just being, you know, I feel so at peace and, and with myself like when I'm out there, especially in the heavy stuff in amongst all that like weirdly in amongst all that heavy chaos I feel most myself like really calm and, and, and where I'm supposed to be and 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 on top of that that feeling of you know that writing something that powerful and and being that unpredictable and and not knowing what's going to happen is just it's such a unique feeling and it just really does draw me back. Man, it's amazing. Yeah, you, you remind me of a quote actually uh, Mark Healy come up with at the end of that Thundercloud doco. You, you ever watched that about the yeah, 2012 yeah. cloud break swell? And Healy was saying something along the lines. It was kind of his, his spin on the chaos theory where I think the chaos theory is like a butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the planet and it becomes a, a, a typhoon on the other. And he was just making the point that like these crazy fucked up storms generate these swells. I guess the point is actually I, I should mention like energy never dissipates. It never disappears. So, like, these storms generate these crazy fucked up swells. They travel thousands of kilometres and they just fold on a reef. And the surfer who rides in that tube, the energy of that wave, that swell, it carries on inside of him. That's Healy's theory. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's a fucking sick theory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, you don't need... You don't need... Um, yeah, it's for me, it's, like, quality like I, I gauge these experiences on how thick and powerful a piece of ocean is and I don't need many of those I'm just looking for those um, extreme um, experiences and and you know so much goes into trying to ride one of these waves like just the planning and to, to get to that point and then on the day and then you've got to be in the right mindset and when it all comes together it's a very special thing and and what yeah it is religious and 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 what is the the dynamic between um you know you and Clary in those kind of situations because you're both such mellow laconic characters like um, is it is it like high energy screaming at each other or is it just like ultra mellow calm not many words yeah pretty much like um, there's there's a lot of you know like watching the waves there'll be more more vocal I'd say. But as soon as you, um, there's a lot of analysing and visualising, but as soon as like I make the call to jump in the water and try and, you know, get in that moment in the zone and, and mentally be in the space to ride those waves, it becomes a lot more calm and, and communication's pretty, like it's pretty mellow between us. Like you've got to be so patient as well, you know, like you could sit out there for hours waiting for, the right wave and um, like naturally you don't get huge expressions out of me like if you see like uh, um, a bit of excitement and that's usually it, there's a wave that's meant quite a lot to me <laughs> it takes a bit too excitement that means that's an absolute <laughs> huge one <laughs> 
It's what the, the brother dynamic is one of the, the real strengths in the film, especially being a brother myself, you know, uh, and, and having been on a surfing journey with my brother, mate. Fuck. <laughs> when, we were, when we were kids growing up, it, it wasn't really like you and Clary where it was just, you know, quietly backing each other. Ronnie would do a snap and sort of perfected this manoeuvre where if I was paddling past, he'd do a snap and just keep looking at me <laughs> as he was going down the line. Like, and then he'd paddle out and go, did you see it? And I'd be like, nah. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> if I saw him going past, trying to spray me in the face as hard as I could, vice versa. But um, we, we had like, we did have that connection in the water. It's the connection that's still going strong now. And um, like fucking, do you reckon you could do what you do without him? Like he's clearly like, Almost, fuck, he's almost like your, your litmus rod for what's doable and what's not. Like, he, he's that yeah. important to your surfing journey. Yeah, I mean, it's been such a um, long, like, partnership as a team, I guess. And, and I've kind of been the stepping stone with him. So he's been with me from that early age on that journey. And I do get a lot of reassurance out of him. He's such a patient um, amazing guy to tow with and, and to just do like any trips with and he's such a good ski operator and he does calm me down too because I feel so confident in him and you know I've got so much trust that you know it, it helps my mental space knowing how good he is and how much he's got my back um, so yeah but I guess in since I moved to the south coast I haven't um, had him available as much, you know, and it, it's been, um, I definitely missed that and that's what the film kind of allowed for us is to kind of come back together and do what we've always done, which was really cool. And um, the kid, what about your kids, are they surfing? Um, my boy, Phoenix, he's kind of, he'll surf, he's like not fully into it, but yeah. he, like he's, he's, he's got good skills, but he's just like, uh, he's super mellow, like yeah. he'll, he'll, every now and then he'll have a surf. And that was just my question, I like, just imagine he was wanting to surf the waves, you do, <laughs> what would you think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I've had this question um, a few times and I guess... He's pretty mellow. He's a lot like uh, my partner, Nicole. And I'm more worried about my daughter, to be honest. She, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's four, but she's like a little, she's like throws herself into stuff already, which is scary. But um, oh, I guess it comes back to like, if that's, I wouldn't push them in that direction. And I wouldn't like, like, in, like go out of my way to encourage that. But if naturally the kids, you know, wanted to go down that pathway because um, they are surrounded by those kind of waves, um, I would obviously support that if they were that passionate about it and, and I would want to try and help them to do it in the best way, safest way possible. So I guess, um, yeah, if, if that's what the, where, where their passion lied, I would support it, but I'm not pushing them into yeah. it. No, please don't. <laughs> not just... <laughs> I'm interested to know a bit more about your story too, like with your folks. Like, um, you know, can you take us back to Cal Barry and, um, you know, just kind of paint the scene of your upbringing coming up there? Um, yeah, so where I kind of um, grew up was Geraldton, was a bit further south of Cal Barry, and my dad's a cray fisherman there. And so I did went to school there and grew up, and, and funnily enough, the waves are pretty shitty there, like just um, shitty beaches and it's not that good but up the road um, Calbarri is obviously like it, it, the coastline changes and the reefs become good and the waves as you know are, are really like 
world-class proper reef break. So always had that up the road kind of teasing me and, and, and dad was awesome. He'd try and get me up there as much as possible as a, as a young kid and then obviously I was good mates with Crakey and we'd always talk and I'd go up and stay with him and um, eventually in the t as teenagers, we, the whole family moved up there. And, um, yeah, and then that just kind of progressed from there, I guess, and then got used to having quality waves. And what do they make of, of what you do? Like, uh, have they tried to talk you out of it? There's a, a crazy clip in the film, like, we old man's just, you know, fucking pretty rattled watching yeah. you surf one of those, like, bone-dry slabs on the rocks there. Um, yeah, <laughs> are they still twisting your arm trying to tell you to, you know, pull up snobs? Yeah, well, yeah, because Dad, that one... Um, Way off there, off the Red Bluff. Dad comes out and on occasion and watches from the cray boat, <laughs> and um, I think it rattles him like watching us. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is so cool for 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 me to have him right there. But you can see he's kind of cringing through it, and um, but I guess like over the years he's come to realise how much, you know, like that's how passionate I actually was about this, what I was doing and, and, and a lot of the time it was happening on the south coast so he was kind of a f fairly removed from it. He would obviously see photos and stuff and, and mum as well and um, it wasn't until I actually moved down there I think he really knew how much it meant to me um, leaving, you know, Calbarry where my family was to to, to um, live 12 hours away but... um. I think they know how much it means to me and, you know, I wouldn't be the person I am without that um, love for what I do. So they, they support it, but it doesn't make it easy for them, for sure. Totally. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, until you see it in this film and until you see it probably happen in the flesh, like your old man, he could mistake you for someone with a death wish, but then you watch you, you watch you surf these waves and it's like, oh, you actually begin to... I began to see what you're seeing in those waves, especially that Cal Barry slab the one on the rocks, it's like, oh, no, nah, there is a fucking wave there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it, it looks like this fucking churned up, backwash, warbly mutant, but then... It is. It is. <laughs> but then, the way you surfed it, it's like, oh, no, nah, like, w once you crop the footage out of the actual fucking bone-dry cliff, like, under your feet, um, there is a proper pit there, and you surf it like a proper wave. Like, it's, it's not fucking gimmicky shit. It's real surfing. It's calculated. You're making multiple waves. Like... I, I get why you do what you do from watching that film. Before watching the film, I didn't get it, and now I get it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. We'll take that as a comment. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's the thing. Like, some of these waves, they don't, like, even for me, you sit in the channel and you look at them and you just go, oh, is that, like, rideable? I don't know. That's why it's so good to have, you know, um, a lot of the time my brother to bounce it off. I'm like, what are you thinking? He's just like, oh. I don't know about that, but um, it's, that's, that's, yeah, that's such a process for me. There's is, is a lot of visualisation and, and trying to break it down to the point where you, you can you write it. But it's always, you know, obviously you never know till you're, till you're on the wave, right? So um, you really do get punished in that process to, to get to that point. Though. But mind surfing is everyone's kind of favourite pastime, you know, mind surfing waves and we all do it, so... I can understand that. Totally, man. And the, the higher your degree of proficiency as a surfer, you know, the higher your ability to mind surf waves and the more you see in the ocean uh, and on the waves. And I guess oh, this is a classic example. You know, you, you grew up surfing 
Jake's and, and then, you know, Toomey's. And then uh, after a while, you know, you, you're able to see little glimmers of Toomey's in these kind of fucked up slabs on the rocks. And you're like, oh, wait, no, like that, that's actually makeable. You could, you know, weave through that chamber and, and make that. Um, yeah, that was just one of the real blowouts of this film. You can see a lot of it going on too. Like Mason seems to be doing it on a slightly different scale. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. But, but he's still one of those guys who's looking at ways that don't really look doable and going, no, nah, there's a line on that and yeah. I can read that line and I'm good enough to surf it. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's a similar sort of mindset to what you're doing. Coming from the yeah. same place too. Yeah, I, yeah. And I think that's ultimately a huge factor in, in, in doing this. It's, it's your mindset and it's um, like obviously I, I believe in my ability, otherwise I wouldn't be trying to do it. Um, but if you listen to other people, they'd be like, oh, that's not a wave, you can't surf that. But um, I think you really can do a lot more than you realise when, when, you, when, you, when you go for it and, and you apply and you're that dedicated to something, like which I have been. Um, and I want it. You've got, to, you've got to do it for the right reasons. And, and for me, that wanting it so bad and wanting to be able to ride a wave so badly and... and come out the other side of that um, is just so rewarding. And bring that energy back home to your family, uh, you know, to your lifestyle that you lead. I love that quote from your wife, actually, uh, or, or your partner. Um, she she kind of touched on the, 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 the trade-off, uh, how she justifies it in her own mind about, you know, you bring, like it's just brought so much to your, your family's life, the just the lifestyle that you lead, but also the energy that you bring back. And, you know, it is great art, she said. And yeah. I, I thought, that is exactly what this is. It's like this weird blend of athleticism and just fucking abstract art where you're able to see things that other people can't see. Um, yeah, it is remarkable, man. And I guess, like, like, it is almost as though, like, you're on another planet. Like, I was watching this film and I'm like, fuck, these cunts are like astronauts. Like, they go, they're, they're out in this weird, like, fucking otherworldly place, like, surfing these bizarre glass sculptures. It was all so surreal. Um, again, I don't really have a question to tack on the end of that. <laughs> but I think, Curbs, you've articulated it beautifully tonight, something that, uh, you know, we were all wondering, even after the film... It's just, it's like, why do it? And you've described it. It's not just that one moment. It's not just about, you know, it's like, why do we all surf? We're trying to, like, do the best row we can do. Not really. It's about fucking getting yeah. up in the morning, knowing that you're going to go surfing. All the whole experience. And you've just summed that up beautifully, mate. So thanks for sharing. That's really cool. Oh, nice. That was my question, actually. Mate, do you still like grovel rip bowls and shit? Do you still get off on a backside hanger like in the fucking on the shore break? Like, do you, and do you have to do you have to surf a lot to maintain your reflexes and ability for when it's fucking maxing? Good um, question. Yeah, that is a good question because it's <laughs> it's funny how how it's worked out. To be honest, like I pretty much for the last five years lost interest in general surfing. Like it didn't do anything for me I wasn't phased by it and I pr didn't even surf that much in between the good days to be honest like every now and then I'd have a paddle um, but you know I didn't get much out of it I'd have more satisfaction taking my boy for a surf or, or if or doing something else um, but since all my injuries and stuff I've kind of it's been such a um, 
a big blow and it's kind of it's gone full circle and I feel like I'm back almost to where I started and and I've just been surfing recently and I'm just surfing little waves again like just back cruising and I'm getting heaps of enjoyment out of it that's and great and I, yeah, right, yeah, and like usually I would not care for it, and yeah. I'm just fit. But I've just been, I've, it's really um, changed my perspective. Like I'm, I'm so grateful now, like just for little things like that, because I know it was so close to not, I could never have done that again. So I'm really not just surfing, but surfing I'm finding enjoyable, just little waves again, which is crazy, but just life in general, and just, mm. just little moments hanging with my family. Um, just simple things, you know. Fucking that to me! Um, yeah, so back to basics and getting enjoyment out of small oh, things in life. Can we extend that to that you? That makes or? a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, mate. <laughs> like, like, you've been a professional surfer, you know, whatever that means, but you've, you've surfed your whole life. You've been a frother your whole life. Where does surfing fit into your life now you know is it something that you get up in the morning and you cannot wait to do i do i do it's it's strange you know like i gotta take advantage of these years now like i'm in my mid-50s that i'm still surfing and you know and the older guys tell you like take advantage now because you know you will slow down eventually i mean but you know like like um kirby said i mean i do i mean i had a bit of a health scare and you know, I'm at that age now. I mean, it's all sweet, but I, you know, every day, like, pink I mean, eye? was it pink eye after the floods? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but you know, like, you got to appreciate it. it. You really got to appreciate every day, and I mean, just all waves. You know, really, still, you know, like, uh, I, I still, I mean, I get, I'm a bit of a hermit. You know, when I'm home, you know, I, since COVID, I haven't travelled, but all the travelling I have done over the years, you know, like, I. I tend to stay home and I am getting sick of going right at Snapper. I mean, my other local beach diva is no good. There's been too much swell and um, the water's brown and I surfed there for the first day before I came here. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, just to ride waves, you know, like, it still really interests me and, um, and especially with the kids, you know, like, I, now I'm pushing my real little ones in and... Uh, but, no, I mean, just, like, surfing down at Margaret's. I uh, hadn't been there for ages. I mean... Surfing um, at, uh, not Margaret River, but um, just spots around there, you know, like it just brings back so much enjoyment. And, um, but I totally know what um, Kirby means, like just really appreciate, you know, every day and, you know, with the family and, and especially being able to surf. Yeah, it's just, just moving, you know, on that ocean is just epic. Yeah. It's so true. There's, there's nothing like a, a big health scare or a fucking skitty injury just to make you grateful for the little things like, you know, being able to take a dump and wipe your own ass, shit like that. <laughs> the little things worn. Oh, I hate wiping. I wish I had one of those little Japanese things that came out. <laughs> Something you didn't know. We're going to throw it open to the swellings. What, can we get a round of applause for Kirby and Oki? <laughs> man, oh, man. What a panel. Oh, I'm going to be lying in bed tonight. Thinking about doing cartwheels with my nose and my ears bleeding, and it's not going to be good. Just one more question for Kirby. Like, so two wave hold downs. How many have you had? And I mean, have you had any more than that? And um, can you remember most of them? Or um, I reckon not 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 that many. Probably um, I reckon I can think of probably three or four like real scary ones. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and they do stick with you. Like, um, 
one of the worst ones was actually uh, at Jake's, but it was because I blew my eardrum and I, I couldn't f find the top. But I've had a, there's a couple at the um, like places like the right that that stick with me, and it's just you, you, you're hoping you're going to get to the top, you know, and it's it's very close to kind of blacking out kind of stuff. But yeah, I find uh, that those hideous wipeouts and especially the hold downs and, and the injury waves are the ones you remember the most. Yeah. And in turn, you know, we also live in an age where we talk a lot about head injuries. There's a lot of awareness about CTE. You know what CTE is? A lot of the boxers and football players get it. It's like just from having too many concussions, basically. Uh, Cole Smith just put a, a little documentary out talking about his journey where, you know, he was close to taking his own life, following a really bad head injury at NIAS. Um, you know, is that something that weighs on your mind? Like, uh, do you have you experienced any residual effects from from a lot of head knocks? Yeah. Um, you know, memory loss. Uh, I don't know. There's a range of effects that that can come from that. Yeah, for sure. I'm dealing with it right now. Um, I've hit my head like I could remember. If, uh, there's been a couple of bad ones. Like, um, there's one quite a few years ago. Nalu was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I got yeah stretch it out. Yeah, you are. I think I've, I've spoken to you about this before. You 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 fucking broke your tailbone and, and like yeah, punctured your head. Yeah, I did my head really bad, um, and that was a real hard head knock. And that kind of played a little bit with me. And and some of the slabs I've had, I've hit my head. Um, but this like recent one was just another level. But it wasn't really. Yeah, all the other injuries of spinal stuff was so bad. It wasn't really... Um, it was almost overlooked, I guess, a That's often bit. the case because yeah. you can't see the brain, you know. It's hidden behind the skull, but the effects are definitely there and I guess that's yeah. what we're beginning to learn. Yeah, and, and that's something that's still, um, like, that's ongoing for me at the moment. Like, the, that's obviously, this is all um, as healed as it can be, but the, it's the head stuff, you know. It's... Um, sensitivity i get the real sensory stuff like sensitive to noise and light and i still get headaches and my ears ring and and all that kind of stuff that that would, comes with with that head trauma yeah man it, it's so gnarly it's such an insidious problem uh in our culture especially when you got your afls your, your boxings your you know rugby league and your surfing how many concussions do you reckon you've had all up for fair few <laughs> um it's hard to say but i've Oh, just yeah. even when you don't hit like hit physically hit your head on the reef, just some of the those waves are so violent. You, you, your brain is like rattling around because you, you. That's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. An so explosion. Brain's got to hit the side I guess of the you, you don't. Yeah. You don't really realize like how much of an effect it has on you. But those. Yeah. Those um, wipeouts are, are brutal at the, at the best of times. Oh. So, so you have to. You, have, you, have, you definitely. I'm getting a brain. sore head thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, well but, um, but I have tinnitus too, like um, from my wife out at Pipeline when I was quite young and the ring has been there for like 30 years and it's like when it's quiet, it's hard. I mean, yeah, Still when you go to sleep at night, it's a loud ring and it's, you know, you've got to get used to it. It's not fun. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I've had a dozen <laughs> concussions and I, I went and checked, uh, checked out with like a, a guy Owen put me on to actually on right, a brain specialist and um, I've got the tinnitus um, and, you know, a lot of that's to do with like, you know, Destabilizing of the brainstem, and like there's a lot of crazy 
you know, a lot of stuff you can do for brain injuries, but um, it, it's an emerging field of science and uh, it's not that well understood. And, you know, a lot of people end up in a, a deep abyss of mental illness, um, not knowing why. And it's never really asked why. And, you know, when you go to the, the doctor and you say, oh, I'm fucking depressed, all this and that, they'll just, you know, start giving you pills straight away yeah. without often probing, you know, what you've been doing, whether you've had a couple of head knocks or a dozen. Um, so, yeah, it's just something, I guess, people in, in your line of work and, uh, you know, anyone really needs to be a bit vigilant about just the long tail of fucking gnarly head injuries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jed. Righto. Up the CBD. <laughs> CBD oil, your plant medicines will help you out. CBD, mushrooms, ayahuasca, Wim Hof, meditation. Om. Righto. Let's throw it open to the Swellians. We got a couple of prizes. We got a brand new graphene billabong wetsuit to give away to the best question. Oki, can you keep an ear out for the best question, mate? Thank you. All right, who's going to ask a question of Oc? Curbs. What's your name, mate? Louis Jupp. Being from a different town, how was the localism in Calberry when you first went there? Oh, blow in. He's <laughs> calling you blow in, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, heard that one a few times. <laughs> yeah, as most people know, they're pretty, pretty um, staunch there. Um, anyone from that comes in is um, not generally welcomed with open arms. Um, but you know, going there from from oh, I was a, a kid, you know, when I started going there and surfing with the eye and stuff, they were pretty cool. But um, this, yeah, you're always going to have, have get a few haters for sure. But generally, I was, uh, I was pretty um, welcomed. He's not getting the prize, don't worry. <laughs> Mate, there's not much you can say when you're just stuffing fucking stand tools from behind the rock. That's what I was going to say. I thought, like, by the time they were taken off, you had already pulled out. Pretty persuasive, if you ask me. Uh, Andy, um, Kirby, I know you're probably pretty underground down the south coast there, but you reckon the biggest and gnarliest waves that you surf down there are even on your film, or there's... A bit more in the background that you probably don't film. I would like that question. What a scoop! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely places that that you know that you that you try and you you, you kind of leave untouched and and not documented. But um, yeah, I reckon like in terms of like the probably the the best waves I've ridden over the years have usually not documented like or not videoed um but yeah i mean there's so much um that still intrigues me of what's what else is out there and uh, yeah there's i mean you see you know bits and pieces in the film but there's definitely more hmm. and what about some of the other characters you go on these missions with like uh, uh what do you got kyle grigson he's from down that way is he yeah kyle and yeah benny rufus benny rufus chris shanahan yeah chris those, Ross. Those, Rossi, yeah, those guys are just, yeah, all, they're, all, they're all surf amazing and they've kind of grown up on the slabs too. Yeah, I guess they've all kind of made similar life decisions to fucking like park themselves down in that. It's, it's a, fuck, I've been down there, went and visited you and your wife a while ago and uh, man, yeah. it's, it's cops so much weather, so much rain, yeah. it's like a serious fucking commitment yep. in yeah. the sticks. Yeah, those, those boys just do it for the pure love and they don't care for any attention they just you know they're just down there doing their thing and and just picking those windows and getting they just love big barrels 
Barrels are my currency and nothing else matters. That's what Chris Ross said to me once. <laughs> Get back up protecting your mouth. Uh, yeah, my name's Dale. Um, three super quick ones. All right. Two three quick, quick ones. Jobs, eh? Two quick ones. First of all, fuck COVID. But um, Kirby, mate, I understand the chaos theory and how you feel calm amongst chaos. And when everything's calm, it's fucking gnarly. That's not the chaos theory. The chaos theory is... No. <laughs> but at what, at what point, mate, do the kids turn around and go, Dad, I don't want you to do that anymore. How does that make you feel and what do you do? Uh, good question. That's what's kind of in front of me right now. Um, that was the hardest thing for me. Uh, going through those injuries is seeing the effect, you know, on my family and when them seeing me like that. Um, it was not a nice thing to see and, you know, they, they know how much I love it and how much it means to me but I'm sure they would um, love me to, to stop chasing those kind of extreme waves and, and right now I don't have any answers to where I'll get back to. Um, it's, you know, it's something I've done in my whole life and the thought of not doing it um, I've, I haven't made any decisions, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a huge um, it's a huge thing to be faced with, and and to have my family, you know, kind of would like me to stop, and and it's um, it's bloody hard. It's really hard. I'm, yeah, it's something it's I'm, I've got to deal with, and, and I'm not sure where that will go, to be honest. Well, I mean, what they have to understand is that if you're not chasing those waves, you're going to be some miserable cunt whittling sticks, drinking bourbon, and screaming at clouds. Hockey, hey. yeah, where's your yeah. fucking karate stick, son? I'm going to find it tomorrow because I think Kelly Slater's on the show tomorrow. Dog. Oh, sorry. Paul, isn't that name? Uh, good to see Kirby nervous for a change, which is very refreshing. Uh, but mine's for, for Ock, who I've had on my wall for many years. How do you feel when a 50-year-old bloke comes up to you with their old billabong poster and says, mate, can you sign this for me, please? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Oh, that's a beauty! <laughs> oh, cheers, I appreciate it. Yeah, nah, that's pretty much all I get now. It's the, <laughs> is the dad's wanting the signature and trying to explain to the kids who I am. And the kids are like... Who is he? <laughs> but thank you, I will sign it. Fucking laminated. It's laminated, Ock. It's laminated, mate. Wow. Hope you get the lot, you dog. My name's Andre. It's kind of, um, uh, it's cool. I just want to get straight to the question. The idea is like, um, I remember the documentary where Ock got off the fucking couch. That was just like incredible to me. Like, I've had my moments on the couch and like with mental shit and everything like that. And, um, you know, and after seeing um, uh, Chasing Giants, I that, did I get the name wrong? I was there, I was there at the premiere, but... Chasing Monsters. Chasing Monsters, Facing. yeah. I was there, Marks, yeah. And um, my bro has been through a bit of mental illness shit and, you know, my bro pretty well, Alfie. And, um, yeah, yeah. And so my question is, in relation to that, like, you both seem like you got your lives and your shit together, like in maybe you can only, you can't speak for anyone else's adversity, but like in, when you're an extreme person, um, are the highs and lows more extreme possibly than the average dude, you know, it's like just chasing a fucking cappuccino in the morning. 
<laughs> that is a really good question. Great question. And, um, and my answer to that, I mean, you can answer that too, Kirby, for sure, but my answer is no, I don't think. Um, I think everyone's going through that, even though it is more extreme for us. Um, I think we're still battling, you know, I mean, I don't know, I, you know, it's hard to know what people go through mentally, but I mean, obviously, I mean, everyone's got to be dealing with stuff, you know, like, I mean, I was thinking about it this morning, I was at the contest and, um, you know, I've got nothing to do with Margaret River and I had anxiety before I came over here because I'm not commentating, I'm not in it, I haven't got a heritage heat, but this morning I was, I get up early every morning at four o'clock and, and I know um, I was trying to catch up with a couple of the competitors in that like WSL film crew were there and I was like sneaking up behind them to see who it was <laughs> and I had to chuckle to myself and I made, you know, I made myself laugh and I, I love it, I know I'm in a good spot when I'm making myself laugh, you know, and I'm going, I'm such a weirdo, <laughs> you know, I'm such a weirdo but I think every normal person is going through those ups and downs and maybe you're just not knowing it and they're not telling you but, you know, we're all battling and um, to find that happy place and I've been in and out of there a lot of times, you know, through through my life, and I think everyone does. So you just got to realise that a happy place will come back, you know, and just don't don't dwell on the neg and just, you know, and um, you know, and look to the future. Yeah. And fucking, you know, put your shoulder to the wheel and put the work in. Twenty minutes of Wim Hof in the morning will fucking make you, you know, a very different person. Straight up, like, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to do the work. They 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 want the solution to come from a doctor in a fucking magic pill. It just doesn't work like that. But, Kerbs, I'm interested to know, like, man, you know, we talk about fucking absorbing all that energy from these storms and these slabs. Like, what happens when the energy dissipates? Is there a come down on the other side of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, for me personally, like, just just having the ocean um, in, in any... Especially those highs you get from those extreme moments, but just the ocean in general has helped me so much through my life. Like it really grounds me, and when I'm pulled away from that, I just I become a different person. And then, yeah, always in the water and always back near the ocean, um, it helps me a lot mentally. But yeah, those um, you know that's why I think I'm chasing these these rare days and these big moments over the years because. I only need one of them, and, and you know, and that sticks with me for so long. And and those really um, standout moments, that, you know, they'll stick with me forever. Like and those feelings. So I only like rather than chasing lots of um, that, I've just for me those big moments, and they and they last for a long time. And and on the flip side of that, there's a lot of letdowns and missing swells, and and it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. But um, I guess you get used to those huge uh, adrenaline hits and stuff and those kind of waves and, and, and when you don't have that, you know, that's, it's kind of, it's, it's hard to just go like on your mundane day to day without getting that at any point for me. Oh, 100%, yeah, the monotony and the, the banality of everyday life, I mean, yeah, it chews the best of them up, but, you know, you <laughs> We talk a lot about this on the program um, with Tom Carroll. You know, we've talked about AI, you know, these guys that just fucking would gorge on big days at Pipeline and then they would chase the high of, of surfing. They couldn't let it dissipate. They couldn't let that energy flow out of them and go into the trough afterwards. They had to chase it with drugs and alcohol and it's a fucking sadly common story. Yeah, that's exactly what I've done over the years. Yeah, well, I mean, and me too. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I mean, it's that... 
It's just an addictive personality that we have, but I think everyone's got it, like I was trying to say before. I mean, it's a battle, you know? Like, I mean, I don't know anyone that hasn't got an addictive personality. Like, is it, do they exist? <laughs> yeah, well, you're addicted to feeling good and happy and, you know, charismatic. You're the life of the party. You're bringing happiness to people around you. It's understandable how people would get addicted to that. But, yeah, it's just not the reality of, of fucking the human condition. That You can't always feel like that. Got to be okay with the downtimes. Yeah. Yeah, ping is in the 90s as well. I've never been able to find anything like it. <laughs> Fuck, I've been looking, Smithy. Can't find them. Couple up the back. Let's go. Here we go. They don't make them like they used to. What's your name, bro? My, my name's Hugh. Um, I noticed Smithy before. You mentioned um, relating surfing to art and like the whole comparison. And Kirby, you brought up before about like how some of your family doesn't approve of like what you're doing in terms of surfing and stuff. And like, where's the line between like doing what you want to do and like creating art, whether it be like music or anything visual or surfing? If someone disapproves of it, like where do you draw the line and say, is it more worth for yourself to keep doing it and feel happy, or because I face the same thing with my family, man, with my shit and like different creative stuff, and like I don't always get approval. Yeah. So it'd just be interesting to hear your perspective, man. Um, yeah, I like I get, your hat. I, Sorry, I get, just quickly. I like your hat as well, by the way, Smitty. <laughs> They're for sale, mate. Ain't they swell bucket hats at the merch desk? Good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that, I mean, my family has definitely, like, as much as they, they worry, but they always have approved and they've been supportive just because they know how much it means to me and how much I love it. But I think it's taken to this point to see me, you know, close to not coming home or not being able to walk again to 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 shift a bit and go well how much you know is do is doing this worth it you know and um it has switched for me a bit too because like the most important thing for me um as much as i love riding those waves is to be around for my kids you know so it's a good question because that's that's an ongoing. Um, that I'll be dealing with that going forward, and and it's a battle of like, you know, how far can I go again without going too far? And you know, I want to be around for my kids, and and that's priority. But you know, surfing is amazing, but it's 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 not to be an all, all and end all of life. And I'm just learning again. Like I'm getting like I said, enjoyment of the little things. So I don't know if I feel the need to push it as hard as I ever was. Um, but, you know, it's an open-ended uh, answer. I don't know, like, where I'll get to. And, and, and uh, like I said, just want to be around for my kids. So that's, that's what priority. On your curbs. Hey. G'day, my name's Callum. Um, huge fan of yours. Oki had a poster on my wall as well. Won't make you sign it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kirby, huge fan of yours as well. Your movie was fantastic. Um, so my question is... You surf for so many years without people watching and knowing what you do. Now that people are watching, how does that sort of change your mental state? Thanks. Oh, what a good question, because the film, Curbs, is it going to go global? Like, uh, we saw Free Solo just changed, you know, free climbing, and that guy became a huge celebrity. And we, we've all seen what's happening with Johnny Depp. No one wants to be a celebrity, mate. <laughs> Are you a bit scared of that, or like. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, in, it's just uh, just kind of getting to the tail end of the Oz and NZ, but it will go international. But um, yeah, I, it's you know, it's it is weird. It's a weird thing to because I've you know I've been doing this a long time, and 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 it's kind of somewhat 
gone unnoticed and it's only now that people are seeing it, um, which is weird for me because nothing's changed. It's just, I've just allowed that snippet into my life, you know. Um, and it was a big decision for me to, to do the film because, you know, I was really happy just hiding away and I'm always low-key and I don't really like people knowing what I'm doing and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, to... to my reasoning behind doing the film was to to know, to know like give that insight into my life and you know and that's why it was important for me to talk about my struggles and and you know so hoping people could relate and if I could inspire or help anyone on any level um you know that was kind of the driving force and obviously working with a good mate and cinematographer Rick Ficci I wouldn't have done it without him so um yeah it's always it's, it's a bizarre thing to, to to put your life out there and and it's, um, but it's been worth it so far with the feedback. Mate, he should win an Oscar. <laughs> All right. Rick Rafisi should ring an Oscar for that cinematography and that thing, mate. It is fucking it's spellbound. It's fucking off its head. Or a, gl- a luggy, at least. Pretty quick week, if you ask me. How are you? Uh, Chris, Jed, this is to you, mate. Uh, I noticed you got the Eureka Stockade flag there, draped proudly. Where does last week's industrial action, industrial action rate on the scale of, you know, the history of uh, industrial action? Because it was pretty... Uh, how's your father? How's your father? What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't pick up your... I'm talking... I'm talking about the... Uh, I'm, t- I'm talking about the, um, the petition. The petition was a strike, was it not? Mate, I'm fucking... Dude, I live in a floodplain and uh, we don't have internet and uh, that's uh, my answer to that question. He, he's, talking about, he's talking about the mid-year cut. We'll go one more. Oh, one that's more. strike action. One Sorry. more. Now, I love good. a bit of strike action, but right, also boys, love a bit uh, of fucking high-stake surfing. Matt from fucking Scarborough. Waves suck here. Um, everyone on, everyone here, the Swellians, fucking Oki, fucking Kirby, you've been around the country. Um... There's slabs all around this fine place. Like just, where do you reckon has the heaviest slabs around Australia? <laughs> Not a bad one to end on, or are we going to have one more? Fucking have, Mark. Heaviest slab in Australia. Um, there's, there's too many to name, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard one. It's a hard one to say. But um, for me, my experience is. Um, the 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 ones that come out of deep water onto those shallow bits of granite on the south coast are just another level. West is best. West is best. Thank you, Scarborough. Thank you for fucking knife.